Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Nick Sowers here with Nate Hyatt and Felicia Davis, who's uh, Nate and I strength coach. And uh, we just wanted to kind of take an opportunity. She's got a really fantastic story to tell about uh, just trials and tribulations she's been through, a lot of things that she's learned, as well as breaking through some uh, even some mental barriers that he she had, because we talked about some of the mental aspects and we had Chad and Bryant on the last podcast. So it's kind of a cool segue to come into this and talk about this side of it as well. So just kind of started off with uh, where did you grow up and, you know, what brought you to all the way to Sterling, Kansas? Well, I am from Gage, Oklahoma, which is a very small town in the panhandle. We call it the armpit of Oklahoma. Nothing is really around there. I was the only girl in my graduating class with seven boys, which was interesting. Going so your entire graduating <laughs> class was eight people? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. That was like the shortest graduation ceremony ever. All right, right everyone. Thanks for coming. Go <laughs> we home. We had eighth grade and like senior graduation all at one time. And it was still smaller than our graduation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, if, so for eighth grade all the way to senior, how many kids would that be total, roughly? Maybe like 60 or something. That's how many I had in my entire class. And my class was even what I consider small. Really? Yeah. Mine was the same way at Nickerson. I had 64 or something like that in my graduating class. Okay. Yeah. I was small, small town. We didn't even have a weight room. That was the that was like the interesting thing is we had basketball track, but we like co-opt track and I think baseball or something like that. We didn't even have football. No football. The town next to us had eight men football. <laughs> didn't have enough people to field a football team. No, no. Whenever I Whenever I played high school ball, like I'd always foul out. Like the last podcast I think I listened to, uh, you said your dad was saying that you used to foul out all the time. Mm-hmm. That would be me too. Yep. And then there would be playing with four. <laughs> I was the I was oh you guys only had five. People there was on like five of us. <laughs> there was a couple times where we only played with four people, like yeah. in summer league and stuff. But most of the time, we had enough to field five people. <laughs> yeah. So I've I was. Not popular, but I wasn't, I wasn't just, I kind of fit in with everyone. And and I think that's cool because as an adult now, I, I fit in with everybody. I, I kind of a chameleon in a way. I did track since I've thrown since third grade, which is not really a normal thing. Like I threw shot put in third grade because I was beating the fifth graders and sixth graders, like at our <laughs> little elementary track thing. And so I've thrown... Like I'm 39 now, so that's that. That was I started when I was seven. So I've been doing track and field and being athletic my entire life. My mom wanted me to go on scholarship to play basketball, but that didn't really work out. I had two knee surgeries in high school. My first knee surgery was from playing softball, and I'm not a softball player. I'm not very. <laughs> I'm not really athletic. Not I really just, athletic, <laughs> right? I'm just really good at... It depends on your definition of athletic, I guess. I guess, yeah. But like, yeah, putting a basketball in my hand and stuff, not, no. But you put a shot put or something heavy in my hand and I'm pretty good about putting it somewhere. <laughs> so what was your what was your go-to sport from pretty much the word go? Track. Track. Yeah, throwing. All throwing stuff. Yes. I went to... So started in seven, or started in third grade and then... I went to high school and I, my mom actually took me to a state track meet. (laughs) 
because there wasn't very many of us that qualified. So she took me to most of my meets. Like, I just I was just, she your coach? Did no, she, no, no. There was a farmer there in town that he kind of took me under his wing, and and then I had a junior high coach that started me off. I guess he kind of he's the one that put me in third grade. Throwing against the older kids. Anything a farmer can't do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Richard Morley, he was the one that started me off on my throwing side because his daughter threw in high school. So, and then my, my coach in high school was, if you weren't popular or didn't go to the certain church, then, um, he didn't really want to have anything to do with you if you didn't have a certain name. And I didn't, that was just me. So what are some of your accomplishments through your high school career of, well, for, I guess from third grade to when you graduated <laughs> high school? Went to state. My letter jacket has full of patches and stuff. I went to regionals, state. Never won state, but was Did close. you have any records th- at that time? Because I, I know you have or have or had records, um, but during, during your elementary and high school career, did you have any like school records or anything? Probably, but they didn't really count. Oh, okay. They didn't really. Didn't really keep track of it. No, no. Like I said, it was kind of our. The coach was if you weren't, if you were not, um, a certain name or went to a certain church. Back, back then it was like, if you don't go to the Baptist church, you weren't gonna go anywhere. You know, so a lot of the times, mom would take me to different places, and then um, so most of my coaching was from my junior high coach. I, whenever I was a. Uh, getting ready to call, go to college, I wanted to go to a smaller school instead of a big school, even though Oklahoma and like K-State and stuff, they were like recruiting me heavily. So I'm like, oh, I'm not really ready to go to a big town, especially coming from a little bitty town. So then where did you go? Um, I, I like went to Bethany College in Lindsborough, Kansas, and that's what brought me up here to Kansas instead of Oklahoma. <laughs> and so you did, you continued throwing in, in college? Yes. So what was that journey like? Um, so I started off at Bethany College with some really awesome coaches my freshman year. And then they decided that they were going to go somewhere else and coach. So my between, well, really Christmas time, they bailed on us. And so I took it really hard because I'd finally found like, coaches that really wanted to work with me and they pushed me to the weight room and, and I, cause I'd never been in the weight room. I didn't know what a weight room was. So I did everything in high school, junior high, like without a weight room, it was just all farm work, <laughs> whatever we did on the farm. Cause I was some raised of, some of the best strength you can have. Yeah. So farm, especially I for throwing things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like had a farm strength. That's what they always said. Oh, you have farm girl strength. Well, we didn't farm, but we ranched. So we, I live seven and a half miles out of town back in Oklahoma. That's where my family all is from. So. so you go into college and you're throwing and then the coaches leave. Yeah. And then, then I decided, what? I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to stay here. So I called mom and my dad at the time. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't want to stay here anymore. And they're, they're like, nope, if you start something, you cannot stop it. So Hey, I'm not the only parent that says that. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've never given up in any like on anything in my life. So I decided to stick it out. And then a coach came along and I did not like him at all. Could not stand him, but he pushed me in the weight room. And my sophomore year, I qualified for indoor nationals. And I was like, okay, well, I was the only athlete that qualified. So I spent 16 hours in a car with him 
all the way to Nationals. <laughs> so it was like we got to know each oh, other a little weird. bit. It was a little weird, but I was like, okay, well maybe he's gonna he's gonna coach me and I'm gonna do well. And I did. I mean, I didn't. I was sophomore and I'd never been to a huge track meet before. And I think we were in Johnson City, Tennessee, whenever we went to indoor nationals and. I started going, okay, I'm going to listen to him. He got me this far, so how how much farther can I go? I decided, okay, well, let's start working hard. Well, then it became it, it became like where he started telling me what to eat, um, how much sleep to get, which is fine. You know, a coach knows those things, but whenever it starts becoming obsessive. In the cafeteria, I remember his name was Coach Wilkerson. He, like, came to lunch, and, and he's, like, saw me with a Mountain Dew that I got at lunch. And he's like, pour it out. I'm like, what? He's like, go and pour it out right now. And he did it in front of the whole cafeteria. He made a point out of me. And I remembered right at that moment that I'm like, okay, like this is weird. So um, for three and a half years, four years uh, that I trained under him, it was it was kind of difficult because if I didn't throw well or if I didn't lift well, he would he would point out the negative stuff about me and pinpoint just things that uh, my weight has always been a big thing. Like I'm a bigger girl and I, if I could weigh what I wore, like weighed in college, oh my gosh, it would be so awesome. But cause <laughs> I thought I was so big, but looking back at the pictures, I'm like, wow, I was really fit. And a lot of that was because he was telling me what to eat, when to work out. So I would work out at 5 a.m. I would go to class I would go back for individual practice. I'd go to class. Three o'clock would be team practice. And then I would go to class or I would go to supper and then we'd go back for weights. So I was working out like five times a day, almost every day. I have like a, my personality is OCD. So I am uh, obsessive. <laughs> so whenever I get into something, I start obsessing about it. So it's, it's, it, it just became my obsession is working out all the time. And then when he, he kind of turned into a father figure for me and went to nationals, broke school records. I actually still hold two school records there at Bethany College in the indoor weight and the hammer throw and uh, went to nationals, competed at nationals, never won nationals, even though I went and ranked number one a couple of times, but don't worry, we'll get there. <sighs> couldn't, yeah. couldn't I, I know where you, I know where you're going with that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but yep, I hold two school records at Bethany College still, and I was named Athlete of the Year one year at Bethany. Cool. And I Character of the Year or Character whatever Champions of Character. Well, but so some of the difference. So, so people listening would hear, okay, a, a coach that is invested in coaching you and making you the best you can be and all this other kind of stuff, which to an extent, you know, you even tell us like, Hey, make sure you're getting sleep, make sure you're drinking right. water, you know, that kind of stuff. But what there was, there were some very stark different. I mean, you even told me that there were times that you would sabotage yourself in the gym or injure yourself in the gym just to get some time off because right. of just how things were going. So what was the, I guess the, the things that you learned from him as a coach that you're not doing to us because you know how how it works well whenever i first started coaching um well i went to grad school well i taught school a, a year of school like out out of college and then i went to grad school was a coach at the college at marietta and i was i coached just like him i was mean and i 
put a barrier between the way I, my athletes and myself. Like I put a lot of time into them, but if they didn't like put time back into me, then I would just be like, all right, I'm done. I, I didn't have, I had compassion, but I, I didn't, it was like, get your butt to practice. And then I would, I would be mean, not mean, but you know, just pinpoint, just pick and pick and pick little things. And, and I, you know, cause I was tore down like by little nitpicks and stuff like that. And so to, I was doing that to others and, and I could see like, it's almost like the light vanishing in their eyes and stuff. So I never wanted to be that coach. And so I needed to wake up from being that because I, I didn't want to be like treated that way, but that's all I knew. So if I could paraphrase, you were basically being built up physically but being torn all the way down mentally. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that those are two things that both need to be, if you want to be athletic, yeah. need to be built up. Both of those, both of those need to be yep. high. You know, you were basically kind of, I guess, forced to do things maybe that you didn't want to do. Is that accurate? Yeah. 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 Um, in, in his coaching. And then did that lead to, uh, I guess, lead to some injuries? Yeah. Like uh, my, so since having knee surgeries, I had two knee surgeries in high school. So I went to college and worked through pain. I remember being in the training room all of the time. Um, even though I wore my knee braces and stuff, like I was not able to heal properly. And he would, he would get so mad whenever I would lift. Um, and I would not make the lift and he would make me work out with the guys. So I was always training with men and expected to lift as much as the men and my body is not made that there's a difference between men and women and in the weight room is like huge different like you can tell a difference for men and women in the weight room but I was expected to lift with the men even though it wasn't like you know like a lineman or anything like that but still it was a sprinter I was supposed to work out with the sprinters and so we were taught Olympic lifting so we were taught the snatch and the the clean and jerk and I actually did competitions in that and I didn't do too bad. <laughs> did you like doing the Olympic lifts? I did, but for me and like my knees, they did not like that because to have a proper like um, snatch and like clean and jerk, you actually had to catch low. Really low. Really, really, really low. <laughs> really low. <laughs> really low. Yeah. And so, especially when you have weight on, it, it was tough. So, yeah, I do like to coach those things, but I, it's not something that's like, yeah. Some of the strongman, strongman stuff that we do now, probably snatch and like clean and jerk probably work best, but it's not, it's not something that's just like, oh my gosh, you have to do. Yeah. You continue pushing through this knee pain and yep. eventually what happens? So I had so much knee pain and like just shoulder and foot. I actually kept going to um, the team doctor and getting uh, cortisone shots in every every joint, basically. I had them on the bottom of my feet, had them on my knees, had them on my hip, I had them on the shoulder. It was hurting. I was always in the ice bath. But my coach was like, he had a way of like talking to me. Uh, it Now that I'm older, it was basically having an abusive boyfriend. Like he would tell me, if I didn't lift this, then he wouldn't talk to me. Or if, or if I was, I was sick and I'd be like, hey, I can't make it to practice. I'm sick. He wouldn't talk to me for a week. And I'm like, I'm sick though. 
So it really was. It was uh, having an abusive boyfriend, but he was my coach. And towards the end of it, like, but for me, I had my eyes closed to it. It was like a veil was ripped apart whenever I graduated college because I, I was his favorite. Or at least I thought it was because I did everything he told me to do, you know, like lift whenever he told me to lift and and stuff. And then whenever I graduated college, I remember coming back one one time to visit because I was still competing, like unattached. And I decided to come back and train and we took a picture because I hadn't had any pictures with him. And so we took a picture sitting on the on a bench and he like had a funny look on his face. Well, I, it was fun. It was just a funny picture, you know, and he got so mad when I posted it on Facebook. He threw a fit. He called me and tore me down, told me I was fat, told me that I was worthless, like, and I was out of college by then. And he just ripped into me like that. I was like the worst athlete he's ever trained and that there are so many other people better than me and that. Uh, he was glad I was graduated and he didn't have to deal with me anymore. So it was basically breaking it. I know that sounds really weird, but it was basically like breaking up with me, <laughs> you know, like he, it was like he was done with me. He used, he used my school records and going to nationals and all these uh, competition records and stuff like the field records and stuff like that, that I've done. And then he was like, oh yeah, well, I'm done with you. Moving on. Next. Puts and it on his resume and basically on yeah. the next athlete. Yeah. And so then and then he was telling the girls that were younger than me, he was putting like he was telling them like I was talking bad about. I mean, it was so much drama like and I did not realize that coming from a small school like or a small town, it's like. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm just trying to do I've never had a coach, so I'm going to I'm going to have a coach that put work into me. I'm going to put work into them. And so then then um, so I actually my so I decided to I was in sorry I'm gonna cry um so I was a fifth year senior I decided to take one year um off because they switched my I went into college as an athletic training major and um Bethany became unaccredited for athletic training and so they they were like you're gonna have to figure out a different avenue of what you want to do to graduate well then I'm like okay well no more sports medicine stuff like that because I didn't want to go to medical school and I'm not smart enough for medical school medical <laughs> school but um I decided to just go into coaching because I'm like well I'd be a pretty good coach well then they're like well you also have to teach school and I'm like oh okay <laughs> so I'd already had all of the health classes so I just had to have the the like uh the education side of it so Instead of redoing everything and wasting more money, which is crazy how much money you have to pay to colleges or how Especially much debt. private colleges. <laughs> yeah. Go into debt. But um, I decided to like do my student teaching a fifth year. So I redshirted one year so I could win nationals. Like that was like, I'm going to win nationals, you know. That year that my, my senior year, like uh, I actually... I was raped in college. I was an RA in the dorm and one of the football or baseball players, he like was one of my friends and I was I 
I had the door open because I was on duty and um, he took advantage of me and he was drunk and he said if I told anyone then he would lie and that I I uh, believed him and so then that whole year I was a hot mess. I pushed all my friends away and my coach like did not know. I didn't tell anyone. I was so embarrassed because I'm like, that's not how, who I am. And, and, uh, I just, I just lost myself. And so all I did was work out all of the time, all of the time. So it was hard because I, I had trusted my coach to be like that father figure and like telling me what to do and stuff. I needed that structure and then whenever he decided that I was, wasn't worthy anymore, then, then, um, it just broke me. I felt so worthless. So I taught a year of school and I hated it. I hated teaching school. So I decided to, um, move away to Ohio and go to grad school and be a graduate assistant for the track team there. I have a master's in education now. Like I have a bachelor's K through 12th health and physical education and then a master's in education. But I was so broken by what had happened to me. I put that out on other people. So whenever I coached, whenever I coached, like I didn't want to become close to anyone because I didn't want to be my coach, but I didn't know any other way of coaching. And so... So I had to deal with that internally. And so for years and years, I've, I've pushed that down until, until I moved back. I, so I graduated grad school and then I came back to, um, back to Bethany, back to the place that all that stuff happened. Cause I thought maybe that I could get some closure that way. And, um, I taught, I coached there at Bethany for a year and a half, and then I met my husband online. <laughs> was your old coach? He was gone at that he point. Was he gone. wasn't at Bethany. Yeah, he, no, he wasn't at Bethany anymore. He actually got fired because he was uh, messing around with one of the track girls, <laughs> um, spending money on hotels and fancy shoes and stuff like that from the athletic fund. So he was not there. The last time I saw him was actually whenever I was coaching a javelin thrower, one of my javelin throwers. Um, and he was at a competition and it was like the weirdest thing, you know, cause it was like, I haven't seen him. And the last time I talked to him was when he was tearing me down and yeah, it was definitely a weird experience. And still I hadn't told anyone. Um, there was like maybe one friend that I told that was from college that knew something cause she, she was like, why are you pushing me away? <laughs> What's going on? Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of a, a journey that has been really hard. And I hope nobody ever has to deal with that. Um, but I know that is like such a a big thing, even for men, like <coughs> be, being put into a situation, you know. And it wasn't until... I started, so I, I like did grip competitions and I did Highland game competitions. I actually hold, well, I held at one time a, uh, world record in the sheaf toss, which is not sheep. 
It's Shifa. And so explain what that is so people that are listening know what it is. So it is a a burlap bag with a pitchfork and you pitch it for height. So I had the record, world record for women in, I think it was like 30 feet, one inch or one and a half inches or something. It's been beat, but. We did that during COVID when we were training. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so Highland Games is like uh, five events, and you say and you do, you throw, kind of like it's kind of like the strongman competitions, but you you throw things. So you have a heavy hammer, a light hammer, a stone, a heavy stone, light stone, or you could have. Um, What's the pole thing where you flip the pole? Oh, that's caber toss. Caber toss, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you have to. It's usually. Um, like wood, like a It's like 10 tree. foot or something, isn't it? Yeah, like it depends on um, the weight and the height. And so then a perfect score is if like you pick it up and then you flip it at 12 o'clock. So the first competition I ever did, so I was back at Bethany like teaching or coaching there. And so I decided, because I had already done a sprint triathlon, because after um, grad school I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I want to do something different that I've never done before. So... Knee still bothered me, body still hurt, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm 300 pounds, I'm going to do sprint triathlon, I'm going to run, bike, and swim, I don't care, I'm just going to do it, I'm going to train for six months, and so that's what I started doing, and I went and competed up by um, Olathe in my first sprint triathlon, so I did that, did 5Ks, it was terrible, because uh, 300 pounds, like pounding the pavement, was a lot, but I love swimming, and I was really good at that and I could bike. So it was fun. And then I've kind of did just... You, did you do that? Did you do that when you met Aaron? Like, what, were you dating Aaron at that time? No, we okay. hadn't. No. Okay. Nope. So my husband's name is Aaron and most people know him as Corndog. <laughs> um, I'm always torn of which one to call him because it always ends up that if I say Aaron, people go, what? And then I'm like, corn dog. Oh, or if I say corn dog, they're like, who? And I'm like, Aaron. Oh, so it yeah. depends on who your company is. Most people, I say, would say corn dog. So he actually is, I told him what had happened to me in college. And um, like, because I was like, nobody wants me. I'm broken. I'm broken goods. Nobody's going to want me. So I took to alcohol and sleeping around and not caring what anybody thought of me. But I also hit it really well. Like I pretended that I was like this perfect little church going girl that everything was fine. And I drank and drank until I blacked out. And that's probably why I can't drink now. <laughs> but I I hit it in the drinking and sleeping around. And God totally was watching out for me because I did not become pregnant or catch a disease or anything like that. So I was very lucky that God was watching out for me. Like he, he knew a plan. Like this has all been in his plan. Now that I look back on it, I met Aaron on MySpace when MySpace was popular. That's where I met Andrea. <laughs> you but, did? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where I, I should say I reconnected with Andrea oh, was MySpace. on MySpace. Yeah. Oh my gosh. MySpace. You probably don't even know what MySpace is. I know what is. MySpace is. <laughs> I was. You it had was, your badass music, like the the, the song yes. that played when everybody came to your page. That was the big deal. Yeah, like whatever. And then music. just the old enough for MySpace. <laughs> the backgrounds you could change. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you get cool. kids these days, they're like, what the hell is that? This one's MySpace. What's MySpace? I think I yeah. had it for like a day and I was like, yeah, this, this is, is I'm going back to Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, at Facebook. one time, Facebook was just colleges. Yeah. You could only get on you it if you were in college. You could only get college. college yep. And then it just kind of. Because it was the book of faces. Like that's how you connected with people at college. Yeah. It was the book of faces. People didn't like it. So they called it Facebook. Anyway. Now sorry. they're rebranding again. Yeah. I heard that. Oh, boy. I can only imagine what that has in store for the rest of us. Anyway, my dig- that's a different conversation. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, we met on we met on MySpace, and I totally blew him off because I'm like, uh, no, not my type. No. This and beer then, drinking hick from Sterling, Kansas. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> mm, okay. No. And, and he actually, he's turned out to be, like, the love of my life. So, but we, we finally first met. Like, I lost my dad. The year before I met Aaron, like Aaron. Let's let's talk about that actually because I think that's important to, in my opinion, to what you have going on. I mean, because you were at nationals, right? Yeah. And you, because when I said we were going to get to that, because you were ranked what you said second going into nationals, first, first, and then this is so, your senior year. And okay. so explain how what happened there. Um. So we were at we were at nationals and. We're getting ready to to compete and stuff, and and uh, my dad got sick. My dad didn't pass away like pass away that year, but he got really sick, and they called me, and they thought I had already thrown, and I hadn't, and I could not because my dad he suffered with um, diabetes his entire life, and so um, he had neuropathy and diabetes and he didn't really take care of himself very well and and so um he had some alzheimer's going on as well and he got sick really sick and they called me and they're like hey your dad is in the hospital and you probably you just need to know that and then i totally messed up nationals (laughs) but yeah i was at grad school whenever my dad passed away i was in ohio i was away from home whenever that happened and it was bad because I was such a daddy's girl I got my athleticism from my mom but that's daddy's girl for sure yeah some of the pictures that you have on Facebook and stuff definitely (laughs) definitely show that for sure so you meet Aaron and then one of the one of my first ever recollections of you was we were at the lake for some reason, the Sterling Lake. I think we were maybe doing like the trail of treats or something, like handing out candy. Oh yeah. Or something. You yeah. were leaning on the front of a fire truck. Like that's my first was I the, recollection. Was I of in you. the cat lady outfit? Uh no, you were just like dressed normal, but you oh. had your short hair. Like your hair was really short then. Oh really? Yeah. And if I remember it's like an auburn color or something yeah, like that. Yeah, been all sorts of colors. Yeah. And I remember everybody like Mary Kendrick always like, Do you know who that is? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, That's Felicia. That's that's Aaron's wife, and I'm like, and she's like, she's so strong. She does like Highland games, and <laughs> she could probably lift that fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, that, 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 that she's holding the fire truck up. That's what she's yeah, doing right, right yeah. now when she's leaning <laughs> right. against it. And so she always like talked you up, and and I'd always been really interested in strongman, which the Highland games kind of you know parallels right. with that some as far as just strength athletics, I guess. Um, Lifting the, weird the, objects. Yeah, the events are definitely very different, but there's a lot of cross where you know strong men could easily compete in highland games and highland games guys could you know compete in strongman and so i was always like oh you know that's like really cool but it was 
I don't think I've ever told you this, but it was it was almost like um, I guess I I don't want to make it sound weird as far as like it was almost like celebrity status. Like I didn't want to like <laughs> talk to you or approach you or really? yeah, because I was always like I was like oh this lady's such a badass. You oh know, my like, gosh, she's so strong and like I'm not, so not you know badass. like I'm serious. Like that's the, that was the the mental picture that was going on in my mind. Really. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, it's probably because I was portraying off the mean girl look because I had that (laughs) on point. Um, whenever I, I remember you smiling. That's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I got told that, well, I kind of put on a mean girl facade whenever I first moved to Sterling because I'm like, I don't want people hurt me. Like hurt me as in like, not physically, but you know, like mentally and stuff. But, um, whenever I moved to Sterling, I, yeah, I did not have a clue what I was doing. So I worked at the gym for a couple of days or like a couple of days a week. And I got to know quite a bit of people by subbed and stuff like that. So I kind of got to know others. But Aaron, he, he, I've told Aaron the first time I met him, like, you don't want me. You don't want me. And then he's like, I want you. Okay. Come move to Sterling. So we uh, headed off and moved to Sterling. And then I kind of kept doing the Highland Games. And I remember they did a, um, a paper write up over me in the paper for Highland Games. Yeah. Well, that was kind of cool. I was like, huh, okay. I might like Sterling. <laughs> Gets a rewrite. Who I am. How long ago did you move to Sterling then? 11 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Because that's like, that's exactly how long I've been at Sterling PD. So we basically came to Sterling time. at the same exact time. Yeah. I think this will actually be in November 12 years. Yeah, so then coming up November, and, this November. This, like now. Okay. Because Aaron and I have been married 10 years. So in that case, you've been years. a year longer. Yeah. I've been there seven years. Isn't that crazy? Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to the community. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the community. Yeah. We're, we're glad to have you, but you need to get your house done and move. I know. Get the hell out. Yep. So, uh, so you moved to Sterling. You're still competing. I'm assuming still going through pain. Yes. Still. So I actually started doing the um, weightlifting competitions again, and I kept refracturing my clavicle on my right side. The pain was so intense that I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. I, and so I quit going to the gym and I started gaining weight, a lot more weight, a lot more weight, and just pushed my health off because I'm like, all right, well, I'm washed up now. I'm old. I've done what I thought I could do. So then um, I started coaching. At, I, I work at the co-op there as accounts receivable, and I love it. But I started coaching at uh, Sterling College a couple of years, and then two years ago, yes, two years ago, I ended up getting the finally the call that I uh, was approved for knee replacement surgery. So I went through two years, previous years, of going to get shots going to physical therapy, going to all these different doctors. And finally, I went to my second doctor's visit. And they're like, yeah, you're a perfect candidate for knee replacement surgery on both knees. Because I could not walk. I hurt so bad from all the injuries that I had just pushed through. And so then whenever I got that call, like, you've been approved for knee replacement surgery, I'm like, yes. And normally they didn't touch anyone that was younger than 45. And at the time I was 37. The doctors were like, you should not even be close to having this. But it was just so much trauma from all the years that I worked out and pushed myself and pushed myself like Nate. 
<laughs> I have to like say that, that because was, that was a hint, by the way. Yeah, just throwing that out there. <laughs> because there's there's a difference because I've been there, like where you push yourself until you can't do it anymore, and you think that you're so strong, you're like, oh, I'm invincible when you're young. But that's that's just not how it works. Well, it out. eventually comes to it, an end. Yes, at it some does. Point. So then and, you and, then you learn, like but you have to learn halt. from those mistakes. Yeah, you have to learn from those mistakes. So to to back up a little bit, you I mean you were dealing with you were dealing with this pain for quite a long time because yeah. I remember you you were even coaching throwers at Sterling College yeah. and seeing some of the pictures of you standing with your throwers in those big knee braces like, like not just. Like when, when we're talking about knee brace, I'm not talking about like the neoprene knee sleeves that you pull on. Like she had the full on like thousand dollar. Yeah. Big metal like hunk knee braces. So, I mean, you were dealing with this pain for a long time. Yeah. So like the ones like offensive linemen and stuff where like those the big ones with the brackets on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like each one of them was a thousand some odd dollars. Like, thank goodness I have insurance. (laughs) Do you still have them? I do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, need them? <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, when we first started training, she would wear yeah. them. When there we are were pictures training. of us when we first started working out together that I was wearing them, but they were so restrictive. Like they were designed to be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to keep you from doing what you were doing. Yeah. Well, that was kind of your reminder to not do that, but uh, or to not you know yeah. go down too far or whatever. So you you're put those in your trophy case too. Yeah, whenever I build it at your gym. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how her trophy case is in your. Day. I know. <laughs> then I can start pulling out all my awards out the of the wall co- of Felicia. <laughs> I know, right? We're gonna Good have thing. to build a whole new like wing onto the gym. <laughs> Good thing there's like a it's a barn. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you know, you're dealing with tremendous pain at this yep. point. I mean, I'm assuming at this point you're doing, you know, you're you've been prescribed things like narcotics to help with that. Yeah, tramadol is like the number one thing, and yeah, I was taking it all the time. Because I had over overused my um, my time with uh, ibuprofen. Ibuprofen wasn't even cutting it. I was taking like eight or nine ibuprofen in one setting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's good for your liver. Oh, I know. Saying. Yeah, the doctor was like, are you sure you should be taking this much? And I'm like, That's well, the- you want to give me something for pain? Because it, it was bad. After a track meet, like I could not walk the next day so track meets were usually on saturdays so sundays i would come home and i wouldn't do anything because i hurt so bad and i remember just crying and aaron's like well you need to get that looked at i'm like i have been i've been going to physical therapy and all this stuff like i can't be and they think just because you're young that doesn't mean you're not going to get injured but they're like well why are you pushing yourself well it's my mentality my ocd part and then also the way i was coached so and so how did how and did, raised yeah huh? and raised yeah, I mean, oh, yeah i'm sure that came from the farming and oh, ranching yeah. and that kind of stuff growing up as well yeah you couldn't yeah there was no sleeping in you had to like get cows fed and chickens and you all work until the job's done and i was big into 4-h and i also had a job and played basketball and track and yeah there's not no sitting around no no like phones or anything like no that. video games no, we had dial-up internet. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that are listening that are kids, <laughs> that is where you used a phone call to have internet. Yes. So if someone called the house while you were playing a game or something, <laughs> it interrupted your internet. Yeah. Keen was my favorite back then. Or the mouse, and, or not a mouse, but the keyboard. You guys probably have no idea what Keen is. Nope. No idea. It's okay, you youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> so how did... How did uh, dealing with all that pain over a long period of time, how that affect your mental health? Like what? 
what was going on. Well, I already felt unworthy of love anyway. And I thought Aaron was just with me just because he felt sorry for me. But then whenever I, because athletics was who I was, like being an athlete was who I was. And whenever that was taken away from me, I was nothing. Like I felt I had no purpose in my life. So there were a lot of times that I felt like suicide might be the, might be the ticket because I, I just felt like I was just not worthy of anything. Like why even be around? I feel like a lot of athletes go through that. I personally went through that same thing after football. I mean, there's a lot of things that caused me to let myself go after college, but I mean, not having football and competition was part of it. So, yeah, it's like, it's almost the reason why I went back to college coaching is because I didn't want to coach kids anymore. That lifestyle. I want to be like, there is life after college athletics. There is. And every time I would talk to my athletic or my athletes before, I'd be like, this is not it. Like you got to take care of yourself here because later on down the road, you want to be able to like play with your kids you want to be able to play with your grandkids. You want to be able to do stuff later on in life. It's not just about what happens now. I had those same conversations with our interns because it always ends up working out that our interns at the PD are athletes. And so I'm always like cautioning them of, because typically, the, well, 99% of the time, the interns are always in their senior year. So I'm like, have you given thought to what if, what after this? Because it's like, well, you know, I'm gonna go play pro ball. I'm like, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you. Have, I'm glad you have a goal. It's like what you play football at Sterling College. <laughs> I mean, well, no, no. It's, right? it's. I mean, with the proper mindset and you know work, you could probably get it done. I mean, if you really, really wanted to, or you really the wanted to. Though. But right, exactly. So the 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 statistical probability of right. it happening is is low. So it's like, okay, I'm glad you have a goal, but what is your plan B just in case? And just keep in mind that you are not defined by how you are, or who you are on the field, because eventually that field won't be there. So yeah. what are you going to do after that? And so see, I, have that I was same not properly, I was not properly trained for that at all. And I'm guaranteeing you probably weren't either. You're like, what am I supposed to do? You've been, you have been like pushing and like training so hard for all of your life. And then you're expected to like go out in the real world and like get a real job and then not work out like you were. It, yeah. it's hard it's it was hard like, i mean it was football all the time when i was growing up from third grade mm-hmm. on basically and then sixth grade we started lifting so it was weights in the summertime getting ready for football season football season then weights in the spring going to football camps in the summer this and that all the way up until college and then at the end of college like all that's gone. No football. Yeah, all that's gone. <laughs> you get to watch it on TV and drink beer now. <laughs> right? So what was that transition like for you, Nate? Uh, I got fat. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, as far as, like, realizing, I mean, did you have that whole now what? Now what am I going to do? What do I want to do? Like, what was the thought process like even for you? Um, A little bit. I never had that now what kind of. I mean, I was working at Busy Bee where I met um, Corn Dog, Felicia's husband. Working there. I mean, I kind of started working on the farm, the hemp stuff. We just started that. Um, I felt like that was going to be my new football. Right. But there's... The high point or... Yeah. Okay. Farming and farming hemp, the business, that kind of stuff. I thought that was going to be my new football. But that doesn't replace... There's something about sports that... it's That competitive... Yeah. That competition. 
Yeah, it's it's almost like it's a drug. Competition is a drug. You go preparing yourself and then you go into the competition itself and then you like push yourself to be the best you can. And then all of a sudden, like you get this high from competing or or winning or like like PRing or PRing is personal record, by the way. A lot of people don't know what PRing is, <laughs> but personal record, you just have this high afterwards and then you come back down off of it. And then you want it, you're ready to go into the next one. You know, it's like, yes, it is. Competition is like a drug. Yeah. It's a good, I mean, it's and a good here one. I sit on the other side of the table, completely different from both of you. Right. Play, played video games in my parents' basement all through high school. Didn't compete in anything except baseball. Like I did baseball during the summers. and Now look at you. Yeah. That's like uh, when we when we first got into the gym and she's like, you're an athlete. I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, no, from here on out, you, you are. are an athlete. Like, that's just what you are. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting uh, thought process. Yeah. Something I'd never been or considered or anything like that. So, I um, still think I struggle a little bit with that identity and not having football in my life. And right. Because I, I mean, I'm sure you miss throwing like crazy. And not anymore. I kind of have the, I have like the highly or the strongman stuff now. Yeah. But I mean, I still miss playing football. Well, that's when you need to organize an alumni game. No, no. <laughs> why not? I don't think my body can handle football anymore. No. I mean, that was only one way to find out. Yeah, <laughs> put up or shut up. Send it. Whoa, that's my saying. You can't take that. Yeah. I learned it. I yeah. learned it. Uh, yeah, find something you finally actually learned oh, from whatever. me. Learn from your whatever. <laughs> okay, so back on subject. So we're, we were at the point where, like, how the pain affected you mentally, and mm-hmm. you know where you were at. So you said you were feeling like you weren't loved, you weren't worth of anything, and then yeah. you add pain in on top of it. Right. So, so then I had knee replacement surgery. Okay, I finally got approved. Went and had knee replacement surgery. Um, talk about like having like your just one, right? Just one at one at a time. Yeah. yeah, one at a time. So it was eight. No, weeks. No, they lopped off both their legs. <laughs> yeah. and then, eight you know. weeks apart though. Eight yeah. weeks apart. Yeah. So, or sorry, twelve weeks apart. Twelve weeks apart. So yeah, like I had knee replacement surgery, and I was like, okay, the pain is totally different. It was I wasn't in near as much pain, but. I could not do anything for myself and I am such an independent person and I hate asking for help. I pushed myself a little too hard, um, but I decided that if I was going to have, if I was going to go in and have knee replacement surgery and have to relearn how to walk, then I was going to be the best physical therapy person out there. My physical therapist loved me because whenever I would come in, I had done my exercises. I think that was part of what was really good about being an athlete in previous time is being able to be like, okay, this is how I'm going to get back in it. And so I was doing my physical therapy. I was like doing all the work that I had to. And so whenever I went into the physical therapy, they're like, all right, well, you're ready for your next one. So I was ready for my next one just 12 weeks later. Well, and I think you were no stranger to pain or, or discomfort and pushing yourself to get, to get the goal. Yeah. To get the goal that you needed. Yeah. I have a very high pain tolerance. So you went through the 12 weeks and then Decided to do it again. And so then I had it in September. And then by November, actually, that's when you approached me. That next, what was it? Yeah, I just got it um, released to go back yes. into you, the I think when you, you and I first started training, you had one Is or two, maybe one or two physical therapies. And like the yeah. last the last one was kind of a, 
hey, we're signing off on you. Because I remember you coming to the gym saying, like, I went to physical therapy today. Yeah. And I... Uh, I wasn't able to move very much. <laughs> and I, uh, and you know, it was my last one. And I got a picture. Yeah. Like, here's the here's my, my physical therapist. Yeah. And she's the greatest. And yeah. said, like, this oh is gosh. November 2019. Yeah. We've been training for two years now. Yeah. So it was in October that we met for coffee. So September... Whatever, September, the middle of September is whenever I have my second knee replacement surgery. And I, whenever you cannot do anything for yourself, you feel so worthless and you're on so much pain medicine. It's like you, you're, you just, you, I, there were times that I'm like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) I cannot do this anymore. Nobody's like, so don't take drugs because drugs like really mess with the way you think because there are times where I'm like, I am not supposed to be on this earth, but then you just get through it. And I really, so to backtrack a couple of years. So in 2018, I decided I like met Revelation Wellness. It's a, a Lisa Keaton ha, is this amazing lady that brings fitness and God together and that's something that's so different. My friend Ashley, she started doing Revelation Wellness, a, a book study, and then she would do like workout classes. So I started doing some workout classes before I had knee replacement surgery because I had to do some movement and stuff to get, get ready for knee replacement surgery. Of course, I was in my big old honking knee, knee braces and I couldn't really do much, but I could move my arms around. But whenever I started going to that, it was almost like a therapy for me, um, this book study. It's called the Revelation Wellness Book Study. And and it was about how like God has created you for a purpose on purpose and that he created you in his image. And I thought that was something that was really cool because they're bringing exercise and God together. And I'm like, that was a new concept for me, even though I went to a Christian college and I believed in God my entire life. That it was just like, okay, so listening to Christian music and and going through this book study with these this five or six other ladies and really like getting to what was underlying. That was when I first started telling people about like my story about college and and I had an abusive boyfriend in high school and, and like all these bad relationships and stuff and you're also coach. dealing with the loss of your dad. And- yeah. I just lost my dad and and all of this stuff that I'd shoved down that I was athletics helped me deal with. And now it was all coming out. And then I'm like, I'm not ready for this. But it was like, God had different plans for me. So whenever you say no to God, I have learned that he's like, here's a big bullseye. You're going to actually do what you say you're not going to do. And so I ended up I ended up going to a retreat. And then I decided I was going to become a rev instructor. So I went through, I went through weeks of training to become a, a Revelation Wellness instructor, and then I went to um, Arizona for a week of retreat. And God did such amazing things in my life. Like one of the nights that we were there, God was, I was having this conversation like with God and like asking Him why He let that happen to me. Why did you let that happen to me? why lord like you could have prevented that from happening because you know you're like you think that god's like gonna just be like pick you up and like move you around like you're a chess piece but he he doesn't he lets you learn from mistakes and he's there with you no matter what you go through and so whenever god 
and I were having this conversation on the mountain, the healing that was coming from it. And I'm just like, all right, Lord, why did you do that? So it was, I like tell it as it was like a Christmas carol. So you have like the Christmas past, the Christmas of now and the Christmas of future. But it was like the same thing. That's how I describe it as a Christmas carol is. So God took me back. Like it was almost like an outer body experience, but it was like took me back to like where I could see in when that was happening. And like instead of me crying on the bathroom floor, locked on the bathroom floor and just bawling and thinking I was so alone, I saw like God, I saw Jesus like sitting there and just trying to get me to like lay in his arms and like hold me and let me cry with him. <coughs> and him and him like being there with me instead I had turned my back on him and like didn't want to have anything to do with him but he was there the entire time that was going on because he was crying with me and so uh, it, it changed my outlook on it like oh maybe God was there with me instead of vice versa and him turning his back on me I turned my back on him and so we were I was able to like really work out a lot of emotional trauma in my life with revelation wellness and and that was it's an amazing thing that there's quite a few instructors in our in our small town but i i was like all right lord what am i supposed to be doing with this like where am i supposed to go with this like i am not a dancer or a drum sticker or because that's what they do is they do cardio like kind of hip-hop and stuff to christian music and i am not (laughs) coordinated enough to do that i just have fun (laughs) But um, Amy, Pipolo, Ashley, Tassone, and I, we started a Revelation Wellness, like uh, Forgiven and Free Fitness. And um, we started doing stuff. And I kept asking the Lord after knee replacement surgery, whenever I came back after knee replacement surgery, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? All right, I'm going to be good to go walking and doing stuff. I'll never be able to run. I'll never be able to do stuff that normal people would do like I, I was self-doubting myself like all right I'm gonna be an old lady in my 40s you know not being able to do anything and then so I just kept asking the Lord like what am I supposed to do with my life after this and then here comes Nick I get a, a Facebook message from Nick going, not, not my space Facebook oh sorry Facebook yeah going you, no you you said Facebook I was just joking about oh, my space oh. <laughs> yeah Facebook going so I talked with Ashley and uh, how would you like to coach me in strongman? I'm like, mm, let's talk over coffee. And knowing Felicia, just knowing Felicia, she, her, her immediate response looking at that was like, no, just, just yeah, immediately. I'm nope. Like, no, I nope. <laughs> because I had tried to stay away from men because I wasn't coaching men because men hurt me. I didn't want to be put in that situation of because it was my friend and and all that stuff and I wasn't want to reliving any of that and so I am like nope and, and then of course I knew God, I knew none of this of right. course and then God was like you know like I said he puts a bullseye when you say no then that's whenever you're supposed to do something and so we met for coffee and I think three hours later yeah. I'm like all right I'll start a plan <laughs> <laughs> well to kind of set the stage was I'd been in the gym for a couple of years at that point just on and off there wasn't really a schedule or like I kind of had a rotation that you typically see dudes doing, you know, chest and back buys and tries, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, very, very limited legs, you know, I was that skip leg day guy. And, um, I was like, I'd always seen strongman on TV and was like, this is cool. Like, I really want to try this. And that was kind of the next thing of something to like shoot for something to try for, 
And so I just, I knew Ashley was a trainer. So I just figured she'd have something that could, you know, like, here's how you, I don't know. At that time I was so, I still am naive to all this, but like maybe bulking or whatever it is. I mean, to me, I see these big guys like, okay, how do I do that? And so I was like, Hey, do you think you could like figure something out to train me strongman? And I remember she was on the, she was on the bike and she was biking with someone that she was training. Like I just mentioned it in passing just of like, I, I was just at that point, just like a yes or a no. And she was like, Oh goodness, Nick. She goes, no. She's like, but I know someone that can. She's like, have you talked to Felicia? And I was like, no. You're like, who but is I knew, that? No, but I knew who you were, 100%. And once she mentioned your name, I was like, oh. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll hit her up on Facebook. So, The local legend. The, yeah. <laughs> the, one and, the one and only. Something The like strength that. expert. And uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, I remember. I remember the coffee was when I first walked in. There was you could you could cut some of the tension with a knife. Of, yeah, of, it there was, was definitely really some weird. apprehensive apprehensiveness. There's there's been a lot of uh, we've done a lot in Clive's coffee shop. I mean, between the team meetings and then this whole journey kind of starting with that. And so yeah, uh, so Nick and I started training two years ago. Just. What was it? We were just doing like what three days a week, two days a week, two two or three days a week. Yeah, and it was terrible. I watched his form, and his feet were so bad. I remember like one of your feet like kept turning out. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> and he would just because in like a couple of his pictures, his selfies in his police officer uniform and stuff. His like it was like he had a lazy foot, and or like, both of them. Like they'd be in like a point v. out. He, yeah, he would point him out. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> I think and we ended up doing a lot of hip exercises yeah. after that. A now lot. Now he actually stands like he stands. I'm like also cognizant of it a little more too. So it still it still does it, but I'm I pay attention to it a little bit more. So whenever I started training you, what did you what what did you expect? You know, like when when you started training with me, because you had been training with a, a guy previous. And you hadn't, you kind of plateaued in a way. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't really. I guess I would, I would say we went to the gym together. There wasn't any training. I mean, he he definitely showed me like here's like he he did show me good bench press as far as like not having your arms way out here and like the chicken wing. Yeah, yeah, the chicken wing style, but like keeping them tucked in and stuff. Right. But there wasn't any of the I guess structure that you bring to it. There was no process. There was no phasing. There was no, you know. Okay, so like when we go to contests, it's, there's these lifts. So here's what we're going to do to achieve those lifts. And there was no, no training or understanding or degrees or anything like that with it. So it was kind of bro science in a way, you know, we, we would spend time doing like shoulder shrugs on the Smith machine with like six plates on each side. Cause we thought that made, you know, we were strong (laughs) looking back on that. I'm a, was a fucking moron, but, um, it's like uh, me and Nelson in our lifting. Why? What did you guys do? Well, just that kind of stuff. No, oh. just not not really any goal in mind. Just going yeah, in and like the aesthetic. I would part. typically make the workouts, but I would just we'd get there and be like, okay, well today's chest day, so and then I just make them up as we're going in the gym. Me it's man, like, me man, me lift like, heavy thing. What can make our chest hurt the worst tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the way I looked at it, honestly. So I have always loved the weight room side of things. Like I've always loved what can make me look better, but like also make me feel better at the same time as not going to kill me. And I think a lot of the people that go into the gym and most of them are men that go into the gym, at least they're in Sterling and, and they, they just do arms 
every single time they're in there. And it's like you cannot do the same lift four times a week, every week, forever. Like that's just you're not gonna get strong. Well, you can, but you won't. You won't see the gains. That... Well, you're gonna injure yourself. Is what's gonna happen? Is because I've learned that if you work one side of the body, you have to work the other side of the body. So if you do a push, you have to do a pull. If you do a push, you have to do a pull. If you do something low, you have to do something high. If you do something in the front, you have to do it in the back, because you want to have a well-rounded body instead of like just massive biceps or maybe you have massive quads and no hamstrings that means you're gonna have lower back pain or you're gonna have something happen so yeah i I, (laughs) (laughs) as we both look at you like what the what is is lower back pain so yeah so those that don't know that um this last week uh oh man she didn't put you on blast on the podcast it's okay i deserve it (laughs) he he like uh so we're training for a competition in, the, in like four weeks and um, Nate and I, as well as Nelson, we are competing and right now we are, we are trying to lift some heavy weights. We're in less volume, but we are at our weight, our competition weight in, and I did wrong. I let Nick train with <laughs> Nate and Nick was like, yeah, I got to do this farmer's carry and... I was just trying to catch up with Nate. Yes. That's what I was trying to do. And then Nate decided to keep going after he had injured himself, like with the log press by letting it fall on his leg. And he said he was out. And then all of a sudden I turn around and I'm like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Why, why is he laying why, on the floor? <laughs> why is he doing farmer's carry was the first part. And then I'm like, okay, well, if that's his body. That's him. The farmer's carry was in that workout. No, I know, but I had turned around and I'm like, okay, he had said, I'm done. Oh, oh, oh I see. And I turned around, I'm like, why is he doing farmer's care? He said he was done. And then it was like, <laughs> with you, nope, then nope, you nope. had gotten, then you had gotten the weight. Well, he had picked it up and he didn't get it very far. Yeah. And then you picked it up and you're like, hauled butt down the gym. And then he's like, oh, no, he did it. <laughs> and then you started. And so you did it back and forth. And then what was it, the third attempt you picked and you got it up. But then all of a sudden you felt like a pop in your back. And I'm, then, like, I turned around and I'm like, why are you on the ground? And somebody's like, oh, you're in trouble. Like, they yep. were saying that because I turned around and you're like, I think I broke my spine. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I tried getting up. I was like, I'm all right. Stood up. I was like, I'm not all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then you lay back down okay. and we're like, we better get some ice on that. Well, with if, if anybody knows Nate. He is a po- hard worker. Yeah, the and... point with which I saw your eyes go wide and you step off the weight and like lay on the ground. I was like, something's not right. Like something did not go well. So in my head, I'm like, great. We have four weeks until competition. <laughs> That's the thing about being a coach is like, I try to be like um support. Like I know I listened to your last podcast about like, sometimes like you have to be like, you're, you have to have your ass ripped and stuff like that. But I am not that type of coach. I will if I have been with Nick. Nick is different because I've been training him for a lot longer, and he he keeps coming back for the abuse. I told her. She, I told her when we first started training. I said, because that was one thing you told me was everyone else has left me, and yes. I and outside the gym you told me that, and I said, well, that ain't gonna be me. Yeah. So here I am. Yeah, I'm I did tell promise. you that. Yeah, I told That's you. Fine. I said, yeah, like Basically. all my friends have like either left me and never, really have never fought for me. 
Like I've never really had anyone fight for me. Yeah. Well, and you said like, you, you know, basically that I would throw you away like everybody else did. Yeah. Is what you told me. And so um, yeah. I've been I've been best friends for with my best friend from high school. Like Lindsay has been my ride or die. We've been best friends since she was three and I was four. And like she's been really the only one that stuck with me like through life. And we've we've been through some ups and downs, a lot of downs. But she's my sister and. I love her, and so really, she's been the longest. And then, just really lately, God has kind of like totally brought you guys into my life, and and it started with Ashley and Amy with um, Rev, like they they're there for me at all times. But yeah, you kind of like haven't left yet. I haven't chased you away. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a few rough days. There have there been have a been few a few rough days. days. Through rough mental like days. One of the first days that I started training oh my with gosh, Felicia, yeah. these two get into it about something. I can't remember what it was. Was that when I forgot my keys and, yeah. or my phone? Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Was that, was that when you first started? Yes, it was that like, was like oh, my first, first or workout. second day. How long have you been working out? Since, Since like April? April? Yeah, so that was that like... Was that long ago? Yeah. Oh, wow, man, time is flying. Yeah, because uh, <clears> Heather's... So, Nate's, Nick, yeah, Nick started training with me two years ago. Then Heather came aboard a year ago in October, and then Angie, Nelson, and Nate came in in April, and then Alicia and Bree came in. Um, it was like three weeks. I say they were probably ago. like June ish, maybe. maybe. Yeah, right after Taste is strong, man. Oh, yeah, so then it would have right. been July. Yeah. End of July, probably. Yeah, that first. That first. <laughs> I don't even. You said something. He, so so. No, you you probably got roller abs. You know, no. <laughs> so his favorite workout roller. is roller I, abs. I hate roller. And Heather abs. keeps reminding him to do roller abs. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Appreciate you. Yeah, Heather, you're, I, I'm you're still, the best. Thank I've you. I've still got that rolodex for later. I'm, oh, I'm gonna sure. get my revenge. I don't remember. We were at odds on something. There was something that uh, you said something, and it set me off, and I went off, and then you got mad, and yeah, and I I fired right back. But then here's here's the funny part about the whole story is, so we both get mad at each other. We both fire off at each other in the middle of the gym where everyone's like looking around, kind of with that wide eyed, uh oh, like. That, Are you that, sure we should be working out with I these get, people? <laughs> I get all the way out to my truck. I followed I, you out there. Remember? Well, you followed me out after I came back in. No, no, no. It was about a t-shirt. I remember someone throwing a t-shirt or something. Some well, I, I was supposed to grab the t-shirts because we'd sold the t-shirts to buy the stones. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to grab the bag of t-shirts was what what, oh. she, what you went out there to grab. Yes, that's right. That's and right. so I, I had to walk all the way back into the gym, kind of like a walk of shame. Oh my gosh, it was so funny because he forgot <laughs> to, to his get keys. my keys. And I had his keys. I'm like, oh, are you looking for these? <laughs> Oh, I was just looking at Nelson like, uh, Nelson, mom and dad are fighting. This is bad. <laughs> I know. Heather said that. Heather's like, mom and dad are fighting again. It's like well, broken people, you know, yeah. getting together. It's going to happen from time to time. Yet again, we're still here. And you agreed to come on the podcast. I know. I'm so nervous. <laughs> so how does, so through, through all of this and starting to train us, I remember that there was a lot of foundational work that needed to be done with me. Because, again, I was that kid that sat in his parents' basement. Whereas, you know, Nate really had that foundation because he'd been competing since he was in third grade. And then I knew I wanted to compete at some point. We didn't know when that was going to be when right. I first started. Well, when we first there was started, a lot of yeah, work that needed to be done. When you first started, you're like, well, maybe I'll do it in like a couple of months. And I'm looking at you like, 
How about <laughs> next year? Because, <laughs> oh my goodness, his was deadlift bad. was so bad. That was bad. His Everything form, was bad. Like the form just... So I the way I coach is like based on form or the very... What is your basic foundation? So everything we do is I try to train like... I have it broken up into phases. So we have like general prep, which is usually, it depends on the competition, but more than likely we go into a general prep where it's, okay. And, that, and that's where Heather's saying, can we just go back to lifting heavy things? Because right. general prep's like general a prep, lot of volume at lower weight. Yes. And it's a lot of, I like to do a lot of balancing, a lot of core, a lot of like, it's, it's, it's less weight, more volume, and it's, it's working just the foundation like of your body. General strength. General strength and in general. And a lot of focusing on like some of those stabilizing muscles too, yes. especially when we get the BOSU ball mixed in there. Yep. It's not weight, it's not heavy, no. but you're having to really stabilize yourself too. So you right. have the big muscles that are going to lift heavy with the stabilizing muscles right. to help. I think a lot of people, a lot of people go into the gym and they're like, let's make our biceps look big. Let's make our like glutes look big now women are all about like the glutes and stuff now but let's make those bigger dump trip yeah (laughs) the aesthetic looking stuff like let's make those look good but then they forget about like those little bitty stabilizer muscles like in your shoulders that you need to have you know if you're going to try to do push-up well you kind of have to be able to lift yourself up off the ground and those little stabilizer muscles come in handy every day more than exactly like a big bicep does and you, you know? exactly and so you're at least you're not going to tear it as as much you know whenever you start working those little things so i love the bosu ball i love balancing i love um single leg stuff i like the, we do reverse mountain climbers where you're trying to like climb up the wall with your feet on your hands you're holding yourself up like just stuff like that, like something that's like outside the box. I think when we first started training for strongman, we didn't have any equipment. Yeah. Nothing. Our, our Nothing. We, well, we tried to make an atlas stone. Remember we where we, where we put them. the bumper plates together and we like did. tied them all together? and. Yeah. It was, we could only get like what, 90 something pounds. Yeah. I think Felicia learned very quickly and, and granted it was kind of cool actually because you were having to essentially kind of go back to the basics with me but you were also starting back yes, at the basics as well so it was just, nice yeah i was just released like when we first started training i think november 4th was our first real day of practice like it was after our our because i had you uh max i couldn't squat i couldn't deadlift i couldn't the only thing i could do is anything arms and that was it and I you, couldn't do anything. And the hard part <laughs> for you probably there was like you knew the proper technique and how to do I, everything. And I couldn't show him. You just had to I'm train like, your body. Don't look at me. <laughs> just trust that I know the, how to do it. Well, and also I think that if, if you truly wanted to push your body where it shouldn't have gone, you could have done it. That was a lot. But you realized I learned you a lot knew, about myself. Yeah, you knew that that wasn't accurate. And I think that's what's admirable, admirable about hearing your story is you went from I'm going to push myself to the point of even self-sabotaging and hurting myself to, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to work to that. Going to listen to my body. And, yeah. And working through it to get what So there's want. a Bible story that I love and that I can like think that I really see myself as. So there's a, there's a, there's a guy sitting at this um, pool. I think it's Bathsheba. Bathsheba, Bathsheba, Bathsheba. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's like, so Jesus goes to this, this um, bath, and this man is laying there 
um, on his mat and he cannot move. He is, he, he's like paralyzed basically. And he just knows that if he can get into this water, this bath, that he will be healed. And he calls out and is like, nobody is, nobody wants to help him get into this bath. And so Jesus says to him, pick up your mat and you are well. And you, like he could walk or he could do whatever. And, and he's like, I can't, I can't. And so the Lord's like, pick up your mat and believe believe that I am going to heal you. And so then he picks up his mat and he's able to like be healed. And so that's how I felt for the longest time. Like I felt like I was this, this man, well, woman laying there saying, help me, help me get well. Like I want to be able to be all I can be and be who I'm meant to be. But I am not well. And I felt Jesus was like, pick up your mat, Felicia. You are well. And so then once I picked up my mat and I was able to be like, okay, what am I going to do? What's the next step? Like, how can I go and spread Jesus and what he's done for me in my life, but bring it back to athletics? And so then you like came, you came across. And so then all my training that I do now is all it's all like faith based. Try I try to be like I, I I cuss a little bit when I'm mad. I cuss a lot of it, but like I try to be like, okay, I'm not your mom. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not your wife. I'm not any of those things. I'm your I'm your friend, but I want to like try to push you to be better. But I also want to share God's compassion because I didn't get that compassion back to me. So I'm not gonna chew your ass unless you deserve it. Or you make me mad like Nick does, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna. I know where the easy button is. Yeah, just push it. I I I want to be I want to be that like coach that like supports you and like lets you make mistakes and be okay. You've made this mistake. Let's figure out a way to make it better. And so next time maybe it's a mistake, but we keep learning in the process. So yes, you got injured the other day, but. What did I do? I was texting you like, what did you do? Have you iced? Have you like, have you gone to the doctor? Are you doing this stuff? So I am your coach, but I also am like, okay, I care about you. I'm your friend first. But also they need to learn from their own mistakes. They need to learn. I'm this, and because I I'm, I don't want you to be like, well, I couldn't learn because coach was like, nope, can't do that. I want you to be able to make mistakes and, and feel free to make mistakes. When she was texting you all that, she ended it with dumbass, period, but she back backspaced no, that all out. No, that's like just safe for you in your notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed you reshared that on your story. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. So how how has the the training that you're doing now been shaped by your previous experiences as far as how you're training us? How has your past experiences formed how you're training us now? So I I mean, as far as like, so you have this approach, not only did you learn it in school, right? You learned physical education mm -hmm. and realizing the push pull of, you know, you could tell us to train five times a day, but you don't because you know that. I don't want you to be like me. <laughs> I, I really, I don't, I, I prefer that I make that mistake. Like I made that mistake. Well, of I thought she was saying she didn't want me to be like strong like she was. Oh, no, 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 no. That's why I was like, damn. No, 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 no. I don't train five times a day. Yeah, but I mean, as far as, you know, I we, don't want we you, typically I do... want to be able to have that mistake, and then hopefully you guys are learning from that mistake. Hopefully, like, I was able to, because I feel like I sacrificed my body 
to go through relearning how to walk twice and, and like all the trauma that I've gone through. Cause I, I really feel like God is like telling me to use that as a testimony to like how good and how great he is and how he can, you can overcome anything with him like supporting you. And so like, I, I like want you guys to learn. It's okay to be human and, and fail. It's not just about the weights. That's the way, that's what I really like about it is sometimes like it is about the weights. Yeah, we have a competition coming up, but I don't want it just to be about the weights. I feel like this is our family. I get to choose my family. Yes, I love my, my own family, my blood family and stuff, but I love that I got to choose you. Yeah, for me, family is more than just blood. Yeah. That's just my opinion. And I'm huge into like rescue animals. I love like I love my rescue dogs. So I feel oh, like rescue we, animals. You guys are like my <laughs> cute little rescue animals. But okay, if like we would be out and like if if we would have met someone somewhere else besides the gym, do you really think we would all be really good friends? We are so different. That's that's a valid point. We are all so different, and I really feel like God has totally brought all of us together for a reason. And and it may not be for a long period of time, and it may not be for a short period of time. But we've I, had a lot of people come and go. That's for we sure. We have that wanted to train with us, even in the short time that I've been, yeah, training. You know? There are a lot of people that are like, I so want to do this. Like I really want to do this. I I'm gonna do it. And then it's like they come in, and it's not what they expected. And I, I don't. Or they know. wake up the next day and, and they're, they're so sore. sore. Yeah. But I, because I, I like to train the whole body. And so, and, and I am learning every, every time I make a workout and stuff for you guys, like I try to remember your, your strengths and your, and like your, and your weaknesses. And I try to, like, I don't like have the workout specifically made for each single person, but I like have the workout whereas we train. So the way I train is we do three to four times a week. So three times a week we do like strength heavy strength and then the one day you get to choose your own and hopefully by now you've like learned these are the exercises that will probably I need to work on so that fourth day is for you and then we have the fifth day as on Sunday when it's nice out. heavy ass stones and we do stones which we're gonna start doing sandbag stuff strongman um, Sundays yeah strongman Sundays and so. I think that's also the important thing is the workouts have evolved a lot from they when have. we first started to now, like a lot, a lot. I was looking back at some of the old workouts because I scanned them all in, mm-hmm. so I would keep them and have them because, like, you know me, uh, yeah. when it comes to electronic, I, love I don't looking like paper. At our old, yeah, I have like your very first workout, and it was just like I just wrote it down, you know, and then I just gave it to you. Well, then it evolved to like, okay, I'm gonna have like a, it's on the computer, you know, like on a Excel spreadsheet, and then now it's evolved into. It was, you know, four days of whatever. And now, now, because I really want to like have us use like our brain and think about stuff. But this month I have implemented like what we're thankful for. So we have three weeks, uh, three different workouts. So workout A, B, and C. And then you can choose your workout, which we don't have a lot of implements to use. That has been nice. So you get to however you Not feel. everybody's doing the same thing. So not everybody's doing the same, which it's a little different for um, Nelson, Nate, and I since we have competition and nobody else does. So we kind of, uh, it's like every two weeks or so we do something a little different. And we're going to be going into peaks starting two weeks, I think two weeks, this week. And as then long as you take week. care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I like to I like to like have the core lifts. So we do a lot of dynamic warm up stuff, dynamic warm up, 
which I switched over to doing um, our stretching, our rolling out, and then going into like a... So explain what dynamic work or dynamic warm-ups are. Oh, dynamic warm-up is where you're moving your muscles. Like you're... So I think what I did for one day was you did lunges under the bar, and then you also had to do uh, goblet squats. So you're making all of your muscles move at one time. So static stretching is where you're just like stretching and holding it in one place. So dynamic is like you're moving the muscles, you're warming them up, you're firing, getting everything to fire faster. And so then you're able to get going. Because I've noticed I'm different than Nate because Nate has Nate to be properly warmed up like he needs to be moving because that's just the way he is. He's always moving around doing stuff. Or jumping six feet off the ground right. to try to warm up. Or... And that's, but that's the awesome part about all of us being so different is because he is more like, he has to get his like, like everything firing off. For me, I don't need that. I'm old. <laughs> but I, all I need is a good stretch. But I've also learned that that does not hurt me either. The dynamics start. So like hip swing or like the, the leg swings and the different things like that. So I, it's fun because then I can see that maybe Nick needs something different. So we kind of adapted to make it our own. But then we go into like our our charts. And I love chart work because then you're actually you have a weight set. You're not going, I feel like weight. I feel like putting five pounds on <laughs> or, oh, I feel like putting 10 pounds on. You actually have a chart and you work off of like percentages, and then you have that set weight. And then the next week you can go up like, okay, for instance, Heather, she was able to do deadlift at um, a lower weight. She made it through all of her weights. So then she moved up to the next chart percentage, and then she got all of those. And so this last week she was able to go up another time. So she could see on her paper that she was able to go up three different weights yeah, so the charts, there's different charts. You know, sometimes yes. we have the six sets of three or yes. four sets of ten. Yep. Or um, what's it, we call the, it NPR chart? What is that again? The multiple rep. Yeah. And there's like a lower weight and a higher weight. So basically yep. you start with whatever you know your max is. Yep. Of, and then it bases know, off of like yeah. um, the NPR is like, I think it starts at like 60%. And so you do eight sets of 60% and then you go up. And you do six sets of 65% or 70%. And then you work all the way up to one at 95%. And then you jump back down to like a 70% four sets. Which then helps kind of help you navigate the gym versus the making it up on the fly. Right. Or potentially hurting yourself because you put too much on. Yes. The hardest part about setting weights for the farmer's carry is that it is – Farmer's carry, max. so it's a different animal. It's a max carry. Yeah. It, is. It, so it doesn't matter. We're still going to give you crap. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just trying to let everybody know that it's like that <laughs> it event is, is for a max. Yeah. And so like it in, is, in this contest, it is. get better every week. So farmer's carry is a different animal. So, and I've learned about my own body. A couple of weeks ago, I did Sunday stones. We had a heavy um, stone workout at Top Crop in Wichita, which is an amazing gym and They are so cool. Like the owners there let us come and train over there um, because they have a lot of stuff that we do not have. But they let us come over and work stones. So Nelson, Nate, and I work stones. And like we did – like I did really well. I got 185 pounds (laughs) like a couple of times. And my weight in comp is going to be 180 pounds stone. So I was really happy. But my body was done. 
And then I came back and I did, I think, deadlifts on, no, I did uh, incline bench or incline um, log on Monday. And then I went right into deadlifts on Tuesday and my body was done, done. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even finish. So then this last week I was able to space things out a little differently. And, and that's the thing that's cool about like having a workout A, B, and C is how do I feel? Yeah. Where do I need to put in that extra day? as a recovery day yeah was, i like that a lot that I was really the last like that. week for me mm-hmm. i did deadlifts saturday morning yeah you did stone deadlift right i On did no i did deadlift saturday morning and then no a couple weeks ago not last week i was gonna say because you did you did deadlift at the barn and stones at the barn sunday. On sunday yeah this yeah. week but two weeks ago i did heavy deadlift saturday morning and i did the deficit and so i was doing uh, my comp weight at the two inch deficit and then Sunday, I went and tried to do stones, and yeah, wasn't wasn't. I think we all went out there for stones that day, maybe. No, it was. We went to Top Crop. Yeah, we went to Top Crop, and I struggled with stones and almost passed passed out. Yeah, it was like it was crazy because normally, so this guy he can do a three hundred fifteen pound. He can lift a three hundred and fifteen pound stone to his knees and almost get it over. You were so close. So, so close. close, like. How much do you you weigh a hundred or two hundred and twenty pounds normally, give or take a week? About two thirty right now. <laughs> but still, like at two hundred and twenty, say twenty five pounds, and you can lift three hundred and fifteen stone. It's an atlas stone, which is a round boulder. Boulder, basically, <laughs> and he's able to pick it up from the ground and then put it onto his knees, and then be able to like pull it up. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I would agree with that. That's amazing. It's hurting my back thinking about it right now. <laughs> I, I want to be like you when I grow up. But you also have to remember you're going to get older. Yeah. And so you better enjoy it now while you can. So what was it like? So I remember when we first started going to the gym, of course, it was cold. So I remember when we'd walk out of the gym, she'd like hang on to my shirt because she oh was worried gosh, about yeah. she was worried about slipping on the ice and stuff. And she'd take like little penguin steps and everything, and which you still do, but it's not as I guess I'm a little as, bit more as confident cautious. in my body. Yeah, you're you're more confident. So we move I, through. I love because I love whenever I go into the gym and like I'm just like whenever I started lifting. It was during COVID that we really started. I started doing more outside yeah. with you. Not I couldn't I couldn't do everything that I asked you to do, but I was like, all right, hopefully I'll be there eventually. So we've we've taken pictures. And we take pictures of like ourselves or, or our workouts and stuff like that since day one. And to like go back and look at that stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I have, what was it, even just this year, I started doing squats. And now, because I'm and my heavy first, And heavy days. My first competition was in Salina last year. I couldn't even pick up a 125 pound sandbag and put it on my shoulder. Well, I could not get low enough because I could not get all the way down to pick it up. That's what I wanted to ask you about was what was it like working through this? Because I don't think you, when we first started, you were of the mindset and stuff and the way that you talked that you were never going to compete again. Yeah. So um, then you and I competed at Salina. So what was it like, I guess, basically getting back on the horse? Like how how that make you feel? It when... actually was like scary <laughs> because I'm like, because the doctor's like, oh, you should not be lifting heavy. You shouldn't be running. You don't need to have all this 
but I'm not a normal 60 year old or 70 or 80 year old that gets the knee replacement. And my husband, he was like, well, you shouldn't be lifting heavy. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. You should just be coaching. Not, but I love it. It is in my blood. I love training. I love being in the weight room and I think that the weight room has been a really healthy, healthy outlet for me instead of going home and just eating because I am a snacker. So I love to be out of the house going and doing stuff. My husband and I are very independent of each other. I don't have kids. I have dogs. So we're able to live our lives and be married and get to go do whatever we want to do. But it's awesome for my mental health to go into the gym and see everybody and just get away from work and and push stuff around. I like am probably the strongest woman at Sterling in the weight room, but I love getting to watch other women from other gyms that can kick my butt. I support them and I am all about them. The ladies at Top Crop are some of one of the some of the most amazing women. There's something in the water over there. Uh, there's yeah. something in the water <laughs> over there. There's gotta be something in something the water. Something Mai there. and Orlando are doing over there. Maybe it's in her Pop Tarts that she makes. Maybe it's in the Pop Tarts. <laughs> yeah. We need some of those Pop Tarts, Mai. But I'd absolutely just a long time ago I would have been like all about myself. <coughs> like sabotaging other people like oh you know like saying stuff like oh well you know it's really heavy or trying to get in their head now i'm like all about supporting and cheering on people and i want you to beat me i think records are meant to be broken the school records that i hold at bethany i'm like they are meant to be broken please somebody break them if (laughs) if you watch any of the videos of us competing any one of us the loudest person you'll hear in that video is felicia yeah, you, you can hear with you my can hear tiny you. little voice. Yeah, you can hear you. Yeah, you your tiny voice with your tiny hands. With my tiny hands, I have little fourth grader hands. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then when we first started training, I was like, "No, you don't." She's like, "Yeah, I do." And she yeah, put it up next to mine, and I was like, "Oh wow, those are tiny yeah. hands." I got little hands too, for as tall as I so am. So what was what was the first contest like? What was the experience like? It was so amazing. So I've known Scott Tully. For a long time. Which is Driven Driven, bar, yep. Driven, driven fitness, fitness in Salina. Salina. Yeah. I've known him for quite a long time. He actually knew me back when. And he knew my coach in college and stuff. And he's like, I don't know how you could have handled him, but good job. <laughs> he's also, he's also a very, very blunt man. Yeah, he's like, I way, like to, Scott. way to survive. I like Scott a lot. Um, So I've known Scott forever. So whenever I started looking at strongman competitions for Nick's first competition, Scott had one of going and so we're like all right let's sign up for it and then um so I decided to compete because I'm like well I don't want to just train because I was training with Nick at the time as his training partner and you can you can say that that's probably sad because I was lifting with him somewhat yeah (laughs) he is like outlifting me now like by ton he just you just broke your 500 mark on deadlift too yeah finally finally but um yeah like before it was my first competition it was i was so nervous and i could see myself going in and out of because i didn't want to be that person competing and shutting down yeah shutting off the world shutting off the world yeah and becoming upset and i remember telling heather and nick watch me and don't get upset if i start ignoring you and blocking you out and i think i tried really hard that competition to not fall back into old 
ways of of like competing I like wanted to be a positive and just like go with the flow and because before if I did something wrong or if I didn't compete the way I thought I should compete I was shut down I think there was one well whenever I didn't get the 125 pound sandbag mm-hmm. like I shut down and I cried because I was like I can't do this <laughs> you know but well but you were your flexibility wasn't there I don't think no. it was a I don't think it was a strength issue it no, was, it I was just couldn't get down. Yeah, because everybody's it. like, get down underneath it. You can do it. And I'm like, I can't. I, I, there's like a video of me doing that. And I can hear Scott going, can you get any lower? And I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I can't do this. I think that's something that like your average person just it, it's really underrated when it comes to lifting weights is flexibility. Yeah, the flexibility is huge. I don't think yep. people really understand how big that is when it no. comes to weightlifting. Yeah. Whether that be powerlifting or strongman you know right because a lot of times i mean you got to be below parallel for some of these lifts even in strongman <laughs> no, some of them you have to even be literally ass to grass when yeah. it comes to like, like atlas any, stones atlas or stones. or sandbags like you have to really get down there to get under it and we made a lot of friends that day and speaking of that when it comes to the sport was there were guys that were in the um heavyweight open i mean these guys like one of the guys uh jesse jester so there's like open so for strongman there's like a there's a novice and then there's open and now professional and now too. well and then there's a masters and then now there's professional and there, yeah. so there's different classes of and there's strongman. even subclasses in there too where you have like right, lightweight heavyweight and some break it out even into lightweight middleweight heavyweight right. super heavyweight depending on how big the contest is if you don't have a whole lot of lifters you can't break it down into a bunch of subdivisions. So I but, am I am always super heavy. Yeah, I'm always weight. super heavyweight. Yeah, never been anything other. They're like you want to like Nate and I. It's were like joking. why do we even need to weigh in? Yeah. We know that we're not even yeah. close. I to promise, like the I'm super heavyweight. Promise, no, no problem. But um, like they, in the tiebreakers though, that's where yeah. they use yeah. weight and tiebreakers and straight right. in. So if you the lighter of the two, if you do the same amount, that's of reps, what the happened to Heather. Person. It was no, not Heather. That happened to um. Sabrina and Angie in Angie's first competition is they are tied and then it came down to weight per pound. So whatever they weighed when then the weight that they were lifting and that's mm-hmm. how Angie placed second. Yeah. But it technically would have been first tie. But I, I loved it when I, we were practicing the sandbags because we'd never really done no. it because we didn't have sandbags. We didn't have sandbags. And Jesse Jester walked up, and you know he's a guy that has won the Kansas Strongest Man and stuff. Yeah, he's going to nationals multiple times. And he was like, "Hey, man, you're doing it wrong. Here's <laughs> how you do it." And I would not have gotten i i got a I got a 200 pound sandbag, but I couldn't get the 250 that day. Right. But I would have never gotten that 200-pound bag cool had it not about, been for him showing me how to do that. That's one thing I really love about Strongman. Even just like heavy lifting. Highland Games was the same way. But Strongman and weightlifting is they are for you. You are for everyone. And if you're not doing something maybe the right way, they like the coaches or whoever's watching or the other competitors – they like will be like, hey, try this, and then usually that like little trick or whatever is the trick that you need that will make you better. Because if you're not on your top game, then they can't be on their top game because they want somebody to push them. And that's one thing I really love about Strongman is the commodity that, that comes with it is everybody is cheering for you. It, it was cool whenever I think your first competition like you came into, and um, I'm pointing at Nate. 
and you you were kind of like okay you're used to this football like your team and <coughs> stuff like that and then you come in and like all these other people are like go go and you're like okay yeah yeah i was amazed when at the first contest i went yeah. to just how loud the room got people compare know. it to like wrestling tournaments and this and that i don't i don't think it's I, I wrestled in middle school and stuff and i i really feel like i mean you're there and you just want to kick that person's ass you know yeah. you're not going to go cheer for them I mean, there's that oddball that's going to go cheer on everybody, right. even the other team. But most of the time, like, I feel like Strongman is just completely different. Maybe Highland Games is the same way. I don't know. Yeah. But those people really cheer for you and they want you to succeed. And regardless if they're your competition or not, right. you know, it's it's just a whole different atmosphere. Have you ever noticed that contests, like, sometimes if, if the... I guess if the energy in the room does get a little lower, Felicia is the first person to start <laughs> screaming again yep. and kind of gets it gets it going, gets it going again and brings I that try. energy back to it. Because even if I'm not competing, which like I had to have in the past, no, just the last one, I haven't competed, right? Yeah, you didn't compete two. in Midwest. Yeah, it was just like, I, yeah, I just want everybody to do well and... doesn't matter if you know no, them or not. I, there's a lot of people that... I, yeah, I find out I get a lot of friend requests on Facebook that I'm like, I don't know who that is, but they competed and they heard me yelling for them. <laughs> Other than that, or you gave them a Jesus hug? Uh, yeah, probably. I give really good Jesus hugs. I never used to hug people, <laughs> and now I'm like, Jesus. Who did was Heather the one that came up with that? No, um, somebody from Rev. Oh, okay, so yeah. so that that's a lot running thing that we have with Felicia that when she gives a hug, she gives like really amazing hugs, like those kind that just. You know, make every all the problems melt away and everything better, and so we we call them Jesus hugs. So if there's something going on or whatever, we say we you know we need a Jesus hug or a Felicia Jesus hug, and kind of go from there. So I figure that's what leads to because uh, you're always hugging people and meeting new people and introducing yeah. yourself and well, making new friends people. and well, I mean at, at contests, <laughs> oh, okay. at contests. Yeah, I do. I like always come out with like tons more friends and stuff. So you do your first contest, and that kind of puts you back. I guess, back in the saddle, per se. Yeah. Did you have, like, a new perspective or a new kind of lease on life? or? I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. I don't have to be an old person. And then I started thinking, you know what? In 20 years, I'll probably have to have another knee replacement. That's a lot of the thing is my husband's like, I don't want you to have to, like, have another knee replacement. I don't want you to have to go to the doctor and all this stuff. I'm like, I want to live my life. I don't want to be put in, like this this box you know like well you've had knee replacement surgery you have to be tender loving care you know i'm gonna take care of myself so i've learned a lot about myself over the whole two years that we've been training is i'm can't push myself as hard as some others can. yeah i think you definitely know your limitations so you you're yeah. still taking care of your knees like it's oh, not yeah you're not you're not back in the gym like obliterating yourself. No. You know your limitations. Yeah, there and there are a lot of times that I'm like I can't do this, especially when my arthritis. Because I I had to go off of all arthritis medicine after knee replacement surgery because it was it's so bad on your liver and stuff, and I don't want to be on it my entire life. So like a lot of it is having to deal with the pain. It's not the pain that it was before the knee replacement, but it's just the the just like soreness. I always ask if it's like painful or if it's discomfort. And whenever I ask my the my athletes and stuff, I'm like, is it painful or is it discomfort? And usually if it's painful, then we just stop. But if it's discomfort, then that's usually, okay, let's stay at that discomfort maybe because. It's more and, than likely muscle soreness. It's, it's just something soreness you have. It's need to yeah, move out. And 
a saying that I love is like being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And I know that Nate shares that a lot in the gym too, but it is, it's being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And sometimes that means a discomfort in like your body. Is this feel weird? Then you just like have to do a body scan of like, does this hurt? Is it like painful that it's hurting me? Or is it painful as in, or discomfort as in, is, is this, is this something I can push myself through? Because sometimes there's a, it's really a mental block. I got a perfect example of this to happen today. Someone was nervous about coming on the podcast. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're fine now. You're not nervous anymore. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. See, ninety percent of the time, well, I, I wasn't. Say, I wasn't until you mentioned until, it. Yeah, like what? Um, yeah. Oh see, you push through that mental barrier most of the time, and that's making what, yourself better. That's where and the expanding growth comes from. It, it is exactly. I I just love how like God is keeps putting me in situations. Like I remember coming back from the mountain three years ago, telling my family what happened in college and the trauma and stuff. And being kind of embarrassed of it, you know, because that's not something that most people want to talk about. But um, at church at Cross Point, the pastor asked if there was anybody wanting to share their testimony. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm over it. Not going to do it. They're like, oh, by the way, you'll, you'd be on camera. You would be telling your testimony over camera. And I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> Guess what? God was like, yes, you are. And so I ended up telling, having my testimony of that night um, in college, like broadcast over multiple sites because Crosspoint is multiple site churches. And I remember watching, sitting in the pew, watching myself going, oh my gosh. And then I had so many people come up to me and I'm like, I did not have any idea that that happened. That explains a lot about you. But it also, like it was, Crosspoint is big into Sterling College students. And so there was a lot of college students that I kind of knew from coaching. They're like, they felt more comfortable talking to me about stuff. I remember going on campus and one of the girls was like, thank you for sharing your testimony because I would not have known what to do. Like, I didn't realize that was, you know, that that's the other side of it. Yeah. And just say one of those girls had a similar experience, you know, they're going to feel more comfortable talking to you about right. that now. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, found, that just I found breeds out relationships. That and, now that the more I've come more comfortable, I am talking about that, especially with women, it's a little bit different with men, but women are a little bit easier to talk to you about it. it. You would be surprised at how many other women have gone through the same situation. And that we're told, like, if you say anything, like, um, I'm going to make your life hell pretty much. And, and a lot of the times like people quiet up because they don't, they don't want comfort confrontation and stuff. What and, I, what I find in working my cases is you get rape victims that, you know, I think people at their core, most people are just good. Like they want good. They want to do the right thing. And so, you know, rape is a big deal. Like that's right. a huge felony crime. Speaking of the law aspects. And so they feel like they're getting someone else in trouble. And I'm always like, no, and no see, uh, this I've, happened to you. People like, keep out are like, well, did you tell anyone or have you said anything? I'm like, no, I will never tell his name. I won't tell what he looked like or any of that stuff. Because that's something that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to let that be in the past because I'm over that. And I'm, God's going to deal with that. And I am not. And some people can disagree. More than likely, he battles that. 
yes. every day. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's a bad person. Maybe he doesn't battle yeah. it. But that's not my battle that I want to take on, and that's not something I want to like, um, like set and think about because the one thing that I I'm like I cannot do is is um, change other people's lives. I mean, I can persuade you to do something, but I can't tell you to do something. No, you're not a puppet master. If you don't want to do something, you just don't do it. It's kind of like in the weight room. I'll make the workout, but you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Or you could half-ass the workout if you want to. But it's what you're going to get out of it. So if you half-ass something, then you're not going to get the full benefit of doing the whole workout. Because even though I took the time to do the workout or make the workout, it doesn't mean you have to. That's the way. I mean, that's the way college works, too. I mean, you can go pay all this money and go to class and like half-ass your way through it and you're gonna get out of it what you, what put, you put into, into it. it and exactly so with the with telling telling what happened with this guy like it, it's not some it's not my that's something i'm gonna let the lord handle because i can't handle that that's outside of my and i don't even know what happened to him reminds me of the instagram reel I'm going to let God handle it. Because if I handle it, I'm going to jail. I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what what kind of, I guess, prompted you to move on and actually start squatting and start deadlifting and and that kind of stuff? I mean, was it was it basically how you felt or just was it a comf- comfort or comf- confidence level or was it a little mixture of the two? Or Okay. So I am not healed completely as in my mental start of things. I am still very competitive. So I think when you started doing stuff and when Heather came aboard, I'm like, I'm not letting Heather beat me. <laughs> I really think, and I think, cause I think it was really last year. Like I felt good enough to start kind of working on that. I think after that first competition, I'm like, I got to do something with my legs cause they're terrible. They're so weak and stuff. And so then now now Heather has really pushed me to be better. Like, and I think she stepped in at the right time. I think God brought her into the I right agree. time where it was three of us then. And it wasn't just me comparing myself to you. Then I was, and not that it was a bad thing. Like I was oh, yeah. saying comparisons, a bad thing or anything, but like with her, it was like, okay, she has a, an amazing story of her own. And, and so to see her be able to push outside her comfort zone, I'm like, okay, if she can step outside her comfort zone and she has never lifted before, not really, um, then maybe it's okay for me to start doing stuff. And so if I'm going to be able to, to coach them, make them do this stuff, then how are, if I, if I expect them then to do it, I better start <coughs> kind of putting up or shut up. <laughs> My seventh grade coach in uh, track, he told me that put up or shut up. And so that's totally stuck with me. That's that that has up. definitely stuck <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So. So, uh, so what's the next contest you, you and Nate and Nelson are preparing for? Uh, Driven Fitness Christmas. And what are the lifts that they're doing on that? We have log press for reps. Incline. Incline, incline log oh, press. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Incline log press for reps. We have stone over bar for reps. We have a deadlift med- medley. And then we have farmers, uh, farmers for max. Over 25 feet. Yep. Ooh, speaking of deadlift medleys, what was the what was that last deadlift that you pulled, the yeah. wagon wheel one? Uh, the eighteen inches. The one three sixty five. Yeah, and that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? That is blowing up on TikTok. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I did not. I don't have TikTok. Yeah. Oh, 
I don't do those You're things. Cool. I don't have TikTok either. You got rid of it? No, I've got it, but I don't ever get oh. on there. I'm I always post, so yeah, you can find that me. That was a grind. Rev grindy Wells, lift. on TikTok. Yeah, that was and a grind lift. I would guess. Would you be comfortable with people reaching out to you and sure. talking about yes. like coaching and this and that and your story and yes. like if they're struggling with something, Felicia would be more than happy yes. to talk to you about your situation, I'm sure. Yes. It was really cool because um, actually today, today's Black Friday that we're doing this podcast, but today I went to uh, Maurice's here in, Sterl- or here in Hutchison and um, one of the ladies that work there, I had met at McPherson at the gym there in McPherson and uh, Beyond Strength is the gym there in McPherson that I know the owners. And um, she was there at a ladies' night whenever Heather and Angie and I went. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like how's working out? Like, are you still training? She's not training for a specific, a specific event. But anyway, she's like, oh, I knew I knew you from somewhere. And so we started talking about training and stuff like that. And then she was saying that she had plantar fasciitis. And so I'm like, oh, you should try like the KT tape. And she's like, thanks for the pointers. And so, I mean, like, yeah, I'm game for talking to whoever. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess so. That'd be a good point to kind of just uh, if you're finished and end on. Uh, yeah. I mean, how, how do we reach out and contact you? What are all the social media platforms and how, what are the names of them and all that good stuff? So if somebody did want to contact you, what's the best ways to do it? If you look up Rev, well, sister Fifi on everything. R-E-V and then well, sister, and then Fifi is F-E-F-E. And that's, that's Facebook, TikTok, We'll tag her on our Instagram. Yeah. Felicia Davis on Facebook, I think. Okay. And then also... You forgot to talk about like Lift by Faith Strength. You have that oh, page yeah. as well. Yes. So like whenever I decided to do um, the strength that, or start working with God and fitness and, and stuff, I came up with uh, Lift by Faith Strength. And that's the kind of like my brand, I guess you could say, is is the what I coach under is Revwell or is, uh, is Lift by Faith Strength. And there is a Facebook Heavy page for that yep. that you can that people can join, right? Yeah. And kind of keep up or ask questions or get yep. ideas or yep. whatever. Well, was that as bad as you thought it was going to be? No. <laughs> no. Thank you guys for having me on here. Well, thanks for being Hopefully here. Hopefully you guys it. learned some new things about me and understand me a little bit better. I'm a complicated person. <laughs> we all are in our own way. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Well, that's and I that's what Nate and I really wanted I think to bring on to here was just these type of stories and like just people getting to know each other and, and telling their stories. And I mean, who knows this podcast could be listened to in Kenya of somebody that's struggling with something and helps them. And it's just, if you get that person that one step closer to God or to to healing, it's much better. Yeah, My biggest thing is like, if I can read, if my testimony can reach one person, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. If you yep. can reach one person, because then it becomes a domino effect of, well, then this one person has maybe the strength to tell their testimony. Maybe they help two people. And then that helps a person, and then that person. So it just keeps going on and on, and, and it's just amazing to see God's, like, grace. Well, the best way I heard that put was somebody brought Billy Graham to Christ, and, yeah. you know, he changed how many That's, lives as a result? Yep, exactly. I mean, someone, somewhere. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was just some guy that mentioned it in passing or something or yeah. he was 
watching TV or something. Who knows? I mean, who knows what it was? I think there's a lot of judgment and misunderstanding about people like in this world today, especially in this world today. And it's disheartening. And so like, if you can like show grace and understanding and you may not agree with everything that's happening in somebody's life, but if you can just be that, like maybe a positive, like source for that person and just like spread God's love and not push it upon people. I think that's like huge, you know, and just understanding and just being that positive person out there, you know, I try to at least. Well, I appreciate you. And I'm really glad that you <laughs> yep. agreed to coach. Me too. Because I wouldn't be anywhere near I Yeah, I, I kind of was worried about you. I And that's another thing is I am a coach that coaches men. And usually, and I think you said this at one of your podcasts, like the first one was like how it's harder sometimes for men to be coached by women. And so I really appreciate that you guys took the chance on me um, to be able to coach you and, and know that I do not know everything and I am learning just sometimes with you guys. But thank you for trusting me with your programming and, and, and stuff like that. It works. So. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with, uh, with results. I mean, it works. And yeah, everybody's PR <clears throat> and everything that they've done. And I, and I think it's interesting when I tell people that you're, you're a female and they're like, your coach is a girl. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and like, to me, that's just, and like, we I, have had a few guys come, come through like training and stuff that I don't think could have handled I agree. that. That they wouldn't I've have, they wouldn't have admit. never said that, but they would, they, they just were like, mm. I agree. I've had one of them admit to me that they couldn't have used coach. So of me. Yeah. Just as a female in general. Yeah, I figured. And that and that's okay cuz I'm not for everyone and I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. Nope. All right, well everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast. Check us out at thehigherpoints.com on Instagram at the higher points as well as on Facebook uh, at the higher points podcast. Just keep uh, listening. Give us a rating and a review. Uh, they go a long way to really helping us get this message out and just having genuine conversations with people that Nate and I feel are really missing from our society right now. We want to sit down. We want to get to know people. We want to learn from people. We want to help people. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to help us in this mission. If you have anything to add, uh, you know, let us know. Give us a, an idea of what we can do better or what can be done better. Or if we're doing something else great, let us know that as well. We appreciate your time, and we'll catch up with you guys next time.